Hi, I'm Emma Cousin, an artist in South East London, and I started this podcast to keep us artists in touch under this strange pandemic period. I wanted to talk to other artists about the impact on the artistic community to explore what's changed, what's been lost, and what might have been discovered. In this episode, I talked to the sculptor, maker and fabricator, Harriet Hill. Harriet and I chat about her upcoming live art odyssey, Homing, getting into what it is, where she will go and how she arrived at this brilliant project. We talk about words as sculpture, making in a domestic setting, displacement, endurance and acts of resistance, and making art about politics. We end on family collaborations and absorbing and getting absorbed. Thank you for joining us for Chats with Artists in Lockdown. Hello, Harriet Hill. Hello. (laughs) Hi, Emma. Hi. How are you doing? How are you feeling on this gorgeous morning? It's so sunny. Well, it's a gorgeous morning. um, And I'm feeling all right, a bit anxious. I've got a lot to do for this before I set off on this journey of mine. Um, yeah. So I tend to get up in the morning and feel in control. And then by this time in the morning, there's kind of a, a million and one lists flapping around <laughs> on bits of paper and in my head, you know. Things. And I have sort of lists of things I need to try and I think I'm going to try and achieve in in a day like today. Um, yeah, but yeah, um, I, yeah, it's fine. I'm getting, I'm working through it. Yeah, and we should explain what you're about to embark on is an odyssey, really, a live art odyssey um, called Homing, which involves a month of walking. And can you tell us a bit, a bit more about? It? So, what what will that? I mean, it's quite a, an endurance feat, is what I first thought, but it's also complicated in lots of different ways, which we'll get into. Yeah, so Homing is. I've made a costume. Um, which says home in big yellow letters, um, which has two wheels at the back. And I'm in the front of the costume. And the, underneath the home, underneath the, in, within the costume, there's an integral tent, which I'm still making. I haven't quite finished. Um, and the costume will carry all my sort of gear I need for, for the month. Well, it's more, it's nearly five weeks of, of walking um and so that's the, yeah I, I'm going to be pulling that really I'm going to be within the costume and walking with it and I'm walking from my home where I live and work now in Peckham in southeast London to my family home which is just over the Welsh border in Radnorshire um, and I'm setting off a week on Tuesday um, that's the 22nd of June and hope to arrive on the 25th of July yeah very exciting (laughs) but probably quite (laughs) nerve-wracking yeah it's nerve-wracking but I think actually once I set off it'll also be a relief because I've been so sort of um swamped really over the last few weeks by kind of organizational stuff because it involves uh, it involves finishing the costume off. It involves planning the route and where I'm camping. And and every day I'm going to have a, someone walking with me, um, which is great because they're all old friends, really. But um, 
and it's but it's also necessary because the camping the costume's pretty cumbersome and awkward and uh, I can't so when I'm walking on sort of roads and things I need that extra kind of help really and support and visibility I suppose um, yeah I totally hadn't appreciated that this idea you can't see behind you you can't see where your back legs are kind of the no, wheels I can't turn around really someone lent me a little like wing bike wing mirror which yeah, I could use but I don't know how useful that will be I can't move quickly either you know if you're walking along a road you sometimes need to jump in the verge or something and <laughs> I can't do that so you know I'm hoping that whoever's with me will act as a kind of a traffic slower you know to sort yeah. of warn the traffic a bit or whatever but um anyway so yeah organizing all that as well organizing people and and also the i'm making a film of the whole journey which is sort of in collaboration with a a filmmaker and sound designer who are brothers and um so sort of working with them and yeah endless stuff really i've got an arts council grant to do it which is brilliant um but but that's sort of another level of organisational stuff. And yeah, saying is I'm really, I'm quite looking forward to setting off actually, because I think, you know, whatever happens on the way, I'm also, and, and the filming and record, sound recording, I'm, I'm just, it'll be then be whatever it is, whatever it is, you know. Well, it's uh, true. It's like packing for like, I don't know, going anywhere. And you sort of think, well, what yeah. if you get a puncture and then you have to plan for all these eventualities and yeah. stuff, you know, like what if the worst happens or what if, yeah it's quite yeah. stressful there's lots of so like an infinite number of options of what how it could go especially because yeah. you're interacting with the public right so yeah yeah I forgot to say that yeah so important part of it is is that I I'm in I mean the, it's a very very visible um thing and people stop and look at it or ignore it or smile at it <laughs> or they want to talk and part of what I'm doing is trying to talk is talking to people as I go and um, having conversations which I'll be sort of recording um, with their permission about home and, and what home is to them and whether if and or how and whether it's been affected over the last you know 18 months or whatever with the pandemic and the lockdowns um, and I'm interested I've done this a bit of this before with yeah. home sort of singular home letter costumes but I'm interested also in the and I've only ever done it in urban places so with this project I'm walking through you know the urban but also then out and getting into more and more rural um, environments where the, I, I will meet less people on the road but the people I do meet will be people generally who are um, country people who live in the countryside so it'll be just I don't know I'm interested to know whether there's a a change you know whether people's um attachment or not to home changes with that with the kind of where where they live or their environment or yeah and um, i think it's, it's it's fun i've got images of you walking through fields and like meeting cows as well you know yeah. animals that are like what is this about and thinking about yeah. you know home dogs and, yeah no, I'm, I'm going out practicing now I, well, i'm trying to get out as much as possible partly just to build up the muscle where i need it but um dogs most dogs find it really disconcerting and, <laughs> i'm not surprised um, you know i get barked at a lot and i'm sli i'm slightly worried that i'm going to get attacked or something oh gosh you know there'll be a i don't know 
Well, farm dogs, <laughs> you know, farm dogs always cut, run out barking anyway, don't they? And yeah, and you look like this great big thing. You know, it's it's quite. I mean, the contraction is it's very sculptural. It's like a it is it is physically. I don't know five human size and so well normally two and a half meters and it's worth saying that I mean I said normally but what I mean is when I first (laughs) saw this iteration of this home the letters home each uh, it was an individual body wearing each letter so kind of representing each letter and they were sort of that physical size each letter is the size of a human being kind of yeah um and they were walking around Peckham particularly quite a lot and you were having these kind of join them up or separating them out or having them as individuals but I really liked um hearing about how that began like when did it begin this begin yeah so so with I mean I'm a a lot most of my work a lot of my work is based on materials and the actual sort of physical substance of materials that I work with um and I've had a I've had a roll of a few meters of this sort of bright yellow very traditional uh canvas which is used to make um like traditional kind of tents like big top or traditional big tops and canvas tents Mm. Uh, but someone gave me literally sort of 25 years ago and I've carried it around with me for all these years and wondered why I kept it yeah so that's how the first letter came about Mm. and then I I was very excited by it because I realized that within that sort of costume and it 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 absolutely embodied loads of sort of bits of my creative history um in the sense that uh I've always well for instance I've always worked with I've always loved drawing um texts and fonts out um which I learned to do my art teacher at school taught us how to kind of lay out words in in, and I loved that and I've always loved that it's extraordinary you were taught that. I think that's amazing. I know, I know. I mean, I think that I had faults with my school art teacher, but she was quite, she taught us a lot of skills. She taught me to draw, you know, and properly. Oh. And um, yeah, and that, and the thing with, yeah, text, um, I've just, I've been using it ever since. And then also I've, I've used to make clothes. I used to design and make clothes. So in a sense, a costume is like that. I've worked with theatre um, in sort of prop making and costume design. Mm-hmm. I used to work, I lived and worked with a circus for a couple of years. And while it wasn't, they didn't really wear silly costumes like that, but <laughs> it was very much that sort of performative element. And also that we, we, living, we were living under canvas. I was living un, in a canvas tent for two years, really. And, and you know, the, the, I, we spent a lot of time in the big top sort of thing, mm. uh, which wouldn't have been a cotton canvas. It would have been a, you know, a heavy-duty um, PVC one or whatever. But Yeah. yeah. It's, inter- um, it's interesting you say silly costume, though. Do you feel silly in it? Is there ever an embarrassment? Is there, like, an element of, like, oh, God, what am I doing? Well, I, when I first made my, the H, the big H, I felt silly. and yeah. But actually, then... Going out, like going out, for instance, as Peckham, P-E-C-K-H-A-M, or as home, as separate letters. Yeah. You know, you're in a group, and you. I suppose as well, because it's my project, I'm sort of focusing on what everyone else is doing and where we are and how, you know, whether we're looking like the word together or, or separately or whatever. Yeah. Um, 
And then actually in this new single person costume, I mean, that's a big part of the challenge for me is that it's me. I'm completely putting myself in the middle of this artwork, Yeah. you know, for a long period and, and to a degree feel quite vulnerable about that. Mm. Um, but actually like when I like here, when I've been out practicing with people, you know, someone always comes with me. I actually quite soon forget them, that I'm in it. And then sudden, other than the feeling, the kind of weight of the pull or whatever, but, you know, and then I, and then obviously people's reactions, I suddenly realise that people are sort of staring at me or grinning at me <laughs> or, and then I think, oh yeah, I'm in this shitty costume. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I don't, I've sort of stopped feeling silly in a sense, I think, yeah. about it. Um, That's amazing. Because it's actually quite a serious thing. Like we're looking at, it's interesting because I've kind of, uh, we'll talk about how we first met maybe in a minute, but this idea that how it was made, I was kind of watching it being made on Instagram, on these images in lockdown and thinking, oh my God, Har Harriet's in the garden, like building a cage for herself in this beautiful bamboo. And it's like this amazing contraption. And it looked like you were kind of, I don't know yet, building something that you were going to be held in and that you were then dragging around. It was It was really interesting to kind of not know what it was but have this kind of physical response because it's very beautiful. It's made of bamboo and fiberglass, that's right, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the yeah. actual structure, I just, I wondered if you could just talk about that and how, because it is a really, like, kind of extraordinary, amazing, beautiful, physical thing. <laughs> yeah, so the structure, I mean, I'm a maker, I'm a fabric, you know, as a yeah. to earn money, I work as a fabricator and sort of prop maker. Um, I'm, I work with a lot of artists, um, making sculptures with and yeah. for them and so I've loved what yeah so in a way being being able to make this costume mainly by myself I had a, a friend of mine help me weld up the steel wheelbase because I can weld but welder and he's <laughs> it's hard up. welding yeah, yeah so he just I, I needed to get that bit right um but mm -hmm. other than that I've done it all myself and and sort of feeling that I have the skills to make make it um you know it feels very much part of the project for me i feel the Definitely. project's divided into three sections there's the costume which i mm. see as a sort of sculpture um and the whole making process of this costume and then there's the walk which mm. i'm about to embark on and then there's there will be the film which is this collaborative um thing um yeah so the costume yeah so it's got a steel wheelbase it's got 20 inch wheels which are like reinforced bike wheels and um, that uh, I found a company that make them for sort of people who make mad carts and things oh yeah um of which I suppose this is and then yeah and then the rest of the frame I've used bamboo for the sort of main bits of it and I've you know through this process have learned all about kind of how you can work with bamboo and how strong it is and and that's been very exciting for me and then yeah. the actual sort of the drawing, I suppose, of the letters, so to speak, the framework of the letters, mm. I've used bam, uh, fiberglass rod and carbon fiber to sort of bind, uh, bind that together. Um, and then that's a very lightweight framework over which the canvas, the yellow canvas um, kind of sits. Mm. Yeah. And it's very much, you know, what you said about it being a cage that I'm sort of trapping myself in. It, I mean, that's what this project, as well as all the connotations of home and, 
you know the the huge sort of variety of um referent or or um relevance that that has mm. different people mm. um it's also the pro the idea the, it's a kind of how i see it is that um i will firstly because it's on wheels and i'd be taking off it's a sort of represents a kind of freedom that i can just walk off with it but at the same time it is also that i'm dragging this huge sort of cumbersome thing behind me which will be full of my stuff, full of my home. It's got, you know, it'll have everything to make my home for the month. Mm. But it's yeah. I mean, dragging it around. And so it's sort of, I mean, it's like a kind of snail or something, but it sort, sort of represents for me, well, like the, all the physical stuff that I surround myself with. And as an artist, all the physical materials, and in, including the the original roll of yellow canvas that I dragged mm -hmm. around for 25 years. Um, but also the emotional stuff that we carry around um, and our emotional sort of ties with home and how home, for me perhaps, but and for a lot of people, represents both a kind of comfort and a security and a place I love to be, but it also sometimes just feels suffocating and you just want to get get away from it. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. and is it is it I mean it feels like where I'm reading into maybe a bit too much that it was made over lockdown because you were already interested in this concept before and have been for quite a long time, this idea of place and belonging and, and home. But um was it was was that what sort of dialed it up or or kind of was it the time over that, that period that enabled you to explore this in that way or was it something you were doing anyway? It's an idea. So the the idea for this single word costume of home is is an idea I've had for maybe two or three years. Um, yeah. Since I've first started working with the word home, actually, I've I've used the word home in little. I've made little cardboard sculptures of home, like I don't know, five, ten years ago. You know, so it's sort yeah. of. But um. Yeah. So after after. In January this year, you know, I mean, I think January is always a bit of a hard start, isn't it? And it's like <laughs> we all wonder what we're doing. But I think this year, because we were in lockdown again, and, you know, as, a, as I say, my work is so based around physical, the physical material, materiality of the material and space as well. Mm. I can't, you know, the idea of sort of creating work, which is perpetually online, I just can't sort of do it. I can't. Mm. You know, it's like, where's the kind of interest in that, ongoing interest in that anyway? And, yeah. uh, you know, I don't, I haven't spent any time really looking at exhibitions online and things, hardly, because I just, you know, I'll have fleeting glance, but it's just not, you know, for me, it's about experiencing work, mm. um, even if it is digital work, but it's about somehow experiencing that within a kind of space or within a different space than my home perhaps yeah, you know. yeah and then yeah so January feeling very flat and like one and I you know things I, I'd had a couple of big projects or things that were happening that meant to happen last year which were scuppered by the you know original lockdown mm. they're wondering what I was going to do this year really and um and then I remembered about this and thought well do you know what I'm gonna I'm gonna make this costume you know without really initially sort of thinking I'm going to do this walk now kind of thing. But then I quite quickly realised that, you know, trying to plan the walk to do the walk 
sort of post lock these lockdowns was felt like absolutely the right time to do it. It was quite a shock, really, because we were we felt very, very um, different, really, from the people there initially. It you know we had to work very hard as children to sort of fit in quite quickly, um, mm. and then you know it was a it was a great place to be. But but by the time I hit sort of teenagehood, I'd had an I didn't want to be there at all, <laughs> and. Um, moved away from home when I was 16 and um yeah but but then went back later but anyway yeah so in a, this journey is is very much a sort of reflection of that and it's sort of almost like retracing that journey um that move so the first stop in fact on my you know I leave Peckham and I'm just doing a short day and arriving in Stockwell in the in the streets where where I was brought up Mm. Um, where there are still people who live there who are sort of good friends of my parents. Um, so it's it sort of, in a way, I'll be sort of taking that in directly as well. Yeah. Which feels also like it links to some of the work that you've made previously. The Open Studio 2016, um, I guess I'm, I'm talking about this idea of, of having a home, but then like obstructing it or... Yeah. in some way making it not possible yeah. to access yeah. um and some of it's very to me very comedic like the toilet installations that you've done one of which was in bread and jam which is where we met yeah um but this idea that even the, the one prior to that drywall 2012 um where you covered the sort of built this wall of empty blue rolls and obfuscated or blocked the access to the loo yeah in in a way that's also really beautiful and sort of act architectural and really funny because you could see the loo roll, but you can't use the loo, and it's like the end of the roll where you've, you know, you've yeah. got nothing to wipe with. <laughs> yeah. And so I just wondered if you could talk a bit about those much earlier projects because it feels like they're so. I mean, obviously, all this is really connected, but in a way that feels like we've mentioned it a little bit, but like all the previous work is sort of coming together in this work that's about to happen. Could you speak a bit about these early projects where you were sort of sort of disguising it or ruining it or yeah, disrupting I think it? I think a lot of my work, an, an open oh. studio, as you say, which was a big piece I built in the room, which is my studio in our house, which is quite a big room, where I built a sort of platform, about a metre high, I suppose. And <clears throat> it, it was a platform that filled, completely filled the space other than a, a 10 centimetre gap all the way round. So it didn't actually touch the walls at all. Through the platform, you were sort of channeled to different ends of the kind of line to view art, another artwork that was hanging on the wall. Yeah, a hole in the wall. I drilled a hole in the wall from mm. my studio into the room next door, which is the bedroom. It's about sort of blockage and and sense, sort of escape. So, you know, the blockage of the platform, the hole in the wall sort of invitational that you wanted to go in to this walkway and explore it and then the kind of idea of the hole in the wall through to another space that you could kind of peep through but not quite get at and likewise with the dry wall the toilet roll toilet installation piece um yeah that's about kind of blockage but you could see through, they were toilet rolls, you could just see through the toilet rolls. So, and also the knowledge, I suppose, that they were very light and you could 
probably just knock it all down if you wanted to. I, I've got a kind of a bit of an ongoing thing with walls um, and wall, building walls um, that, that are kind of, that appear to be solid but aren't. Um, and I've got a whole stash of little models I've made and, and ideas that when I have a massive show in a massive space, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have a, I want to make a whole series of kind of walls that are kind of blockages, but also allow you somehow to push through them. Um, so I think, yeah, a lot of my work deals with that about deals with kind of restriction and expansion at the same time or, and the kind of the the sort of double-sidedness of that you know mm. um, and I suppose this homing project is about that as well it's about me as I say being re very restricted in this costume um, mm. but I'm also released and I'm free and I'm taking off with these wheels very personal as well like it feels like an unblocking potentially of like some personal histories. Yeah, it is. And I think it's also, um, yeah, it is. It is an unblocking of that and, or an exploration of that more perhaps because I, mm. I don't know. Well, I think that move when I was a child had a big effect on me and, and, and the whole, my whole sense of where I feel at home and so a sense of belonging and more just a sort of exploration and understanding of that and a grappling with it I suppose and a taking on of of it it's a sort of like a mastering of it does that make sense mm. you know yeah yeah um, yeah yeah which I suppose is is what I do I mean to talk about another element of work that I do is is sort of political every now and again according to what's going on in the media really I have an impulse to to kind of make political I do these sort of cardboard cutout slot like cardboard cutout figures that sort of slot together so they're very almost crude. like puppets yeah. yeah but they're very crude and, and then they'll often have or usually have a kind of a face which is just a sort of printout um from the paper is well sometimes it's the actual cut out of a newspaper or it's a printout so um you know I did when the all the kind of early days of Brexit um, uh, with uh, Theresa May and Cameron and um, Boris coming in and etc. I did a whole series um, of figures with them. And then through the lockdown with the whole Cummings, Dominic Cummings to Bernard Castle episode and all <laughs> the power. It's about, so I made a, I made, fi I made a pair of figures, which was Dominic Cummings and Boris uh, puppet and master, I think. It puppet was. and master, thanks, Emma. Yeah, <laughs> um, and and what those what those pieces are about about me trying, you know, the sort of frustration and anger that we all feel, probably, or a lot of us feel about political stuff that's going on or stuff that's going on in the media, which is completely out of our control. So, in a sense, I think making these figures is about me trying to take control. You know, it's about me taking. In this, in this, in that instance, Boris and Cummings, and sort of making these ridiculous, sort of diminished little figures of them, yeah, uh, 
it's me having some control over them and, and what they're doing. Um, but you're also taking them to some kind of domestic spaces, which I think is really interesting because I've seen them in your, like you say, your house, your studio. But yeah. there was like Boris shitting in the loo. So there was a yeah. cut out of Boris was like on the loo and then David Cameron was like pissing in the corner. Yeah. <laughs> and obviously these are cardboard, so there's not much information apart from the posture, which yeah. is so clever because it's, you know, politicians' postures already talked about these kind of hand gestures and stuff but not with his trousers down literally um I mean I guess it's a way of coping but it's also a way of diminishing them in a in a physical sense yeah absolutely diminishing them absolutely and the ones I did of of um Boris on the toilet and Cameron pissing and there was Theresa May on it all because of you know it all being in trust and I felt he was included and he was so he I'd sort of gold covered him the cardboard of his figure in gold leaf and somehow he, I included him somehow to represent the sort of, I don't know, the, the, the madness of the British sort of system, really. So all those figures, I, I've called that they were called, the, that as a group were called the Tea Party. And yeah, yeah. they were, I showed them in, in, around my house in different places. And it was the idea that they, they were all together in my house potentially for a tea party you know and it's yeah that whole thing of bringing them into my territory I suppose and control I suppose it's controlling maybe I'm very controlling <laughs> oh we all I think all artists are in a funny way yeah <laughs> but you know how I, I can't you know they, these people are out of our control aren't they other than our, our, our voting ability oh. to vote so it's oh. sort of a way of taking control in some way and those pieces, the tea parties was meant to be going to a exhibition, um, the Museum of Contemporary Art in Krakow in Poland. Oh. Last year, they, I just made a nice crate for them to go off. Uh, and then lockdown happened last March, so they haven't gone. Uh, so they've I, been locked in the box. They're all <laughs> locked up in a box. And they're <laughs> I think hopefully the show is happening again in 2022, I think. so. In that context, I wondered about, I mean, is, is homing, is this project a, a kind of response to Brexit or a response to the government? Is it politi political? It, it's not as obviously political as directly political, no. but it's a political, you know, home is a political concept, isn't it? And particularly with in the light of Brexit and, you know, the mass kind of, um, migration and immigration, well, immigration issues in this country, which sort of precipitated Brexit or appeared to, and, you know, the mass migration um, that has been going on around the world, really, and, you know, all the refugees sort of trying to get across the English Channel, all those things, really, yeah. And then, um, and, and the huge rise in homelessness that we've seen, certainly in London over the last few years, although that seems to have sort of eased off with with um, the pandemic because people have been housed more, haven't they? But yeah, and yeah. but you know, pre-pandemic, you know the you know the going out on the street, going out into London, you know, it's sort of shocking. It shocked me every day, really, um, the sort of massive rise in homeless people and. So all those kind of elements and, yeah, people who are, people who have, you know, are very attached to their homes and people who have no home at all and, mm. yeah, I think it's unavoidably a political thing. So, it, yeah. you know, this homing project, you know, in a way I'm 
you know, my, my migration from between South London and Mid Wales is, is minor and, you know, wasn't a bad thing compared to, you know, millions and millions of people. But in a way, it's me sort of um, putting myself in a position where I'm, I am traveling with my stuff. Oh. in a sense um so and you know it's a challenge it's a challenge to me and as I say you know to a degree I feel quite like I'd be quite vulnerable um uh. and uh so it sort of reflects all that yeah well and Brexit I mean yeah Brexit you know Brexit and this idea that us Brits or us English perhaps particularly or those of us that are English you know, seem appear to sort of hold on to our shorelines as I don't know, sacred, a sacred home or something. Mm. You know, um, and what does that actually mean? And you know, why does the sort of shutting off of those borders for me feels like it diminishes my sense of? Belong, feeling of belonging to this country I think do you know what I mean or feeling yeah. of wanting, wanting to belong to this country I mean it's going to be so interesting to think about the conversations that it starts to have and if it, you know they they may become political right and it's like what yeah. there might be nice chats with people about you know I don't know I, I mean how they have any of those began I mean I guess they have begun because you've been practicing um, and have they thrown up things that you're surprised by or that you have you anticipated any of it like what what do you imagine or, or are you leaving it wide open how well is, I've how had that? you know because I've done home walkabouts before yeah yeah little films in Wakefield and Slough which is yeah. where I'm from Wakefield which is are you from Wakefield Emma yeah I yeah. Loved Wakefield I spent two days there with my home letters it's brilliant volunteers yeah no I really liked it and really enjoyed sort of getting to know people there a bit so anyway I've, yeah I've done it before to a degree having these conversations with people about home and it's you know it, it's interesting a lot of people say similar things about sort of security and comfort and mm. family and but you know it, it and then it will throw up sort of more challenging sort of things but as I say yeah. I, I mean you know I'm going to be having conversations with my companion my walking companions who are mm. old friends so that you know there will be those conversations going on um, mm. and then yeah all the conversations I have with the people I meet along the way um, it'll just be really interesting to see what people are saying really and 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 how that changes as I say from the urban to the sort of rural and how yeah. people, yeah, what people's experience of, of home in lockdown and, and whether that sort of home, you know, the idea of what home means has shifted for them because of that. Sort of. mm. And I guess, you know, that will inevitably touch on sort of political issues and, mm -hmm. um, yeah, which will be interesting. I mean, also the idea that this is a sculpture is, in, is, is sort of a political, like, art, art issue. <laughs> You know, like where where should it belong? Where does it exist? Who could make it? What is it? How physically should it be? Yeah, experienced who by access, like all those kind of things. And you speak about words as sculpture in a really amazing way. I think when you take a word, for me, a word. I'm a very visual person, and I'm a three dimensional person. You know, I I, I like you draw a lot, Emma, and I mm. I draw. I can draw, but you know, often I 
think, right, I'm going to do some drawings. And I very quickly find myself making things. So my draw, you know, I, I draw and paint, I draw two dimensionally, but then very quickly I'll start sort of making little models or making things and three dimensional mm. things. And for me, I, I feel I'm not a great reader. Um, I do read, but I'm not a sort of strong reader, I suppose. But the the word so a words for me so I see like a word for me a singular word like home um, which is not part of a sort of sentence it's taken out of the context of a sentence yeah. it's all I feel like it's almost like a sculpt it's like a sculptural thing and I feel like you think about a word if you see a single a single word mm. you think about it in a sort of three-dimensional sense in the way that when you see a word on its own you think around it because you're kind of searching for a meaning to it you know why is so particularly obviously with this costume you know people are going to see this big yellow three-dimensional home on it mm. you know word and they're going to think around it think well what's this doing why what does this mean mm. um you know what's what's the form of it um because it's not part of a sentence it's not dictating anything specific it's not telling people how they should be thinking about home it's just giving them a word and making mm -hmm. them think about it so it's that whole, yeah whole idea that you think around a word in the way that you might move around a sculpture or a three-dimensional object yeah definitely figure it out you know and yeah. And also the meaning, of, like the home, even in the mouth, has that kind of oh, open, like rounded. I don't know. It feels like a, it, it feels like if you were to sense it from the the feeling of it in your mouth, yeah. you would get the idea of what it means. Like I really, I'm interested in those things where you isolate, yeah. you know, what how it feels to say and what that what information the the sound of it and the feeling of saying it has. Yeah. I, yeah. I, yeah. I, well, it does, doesn't it? I haven't really thought about. I mean, there are words that I think about that, the sound quality of it. Mm. And home, yeah, it does, doesn't it? You linger mm. on, go, oh, and then you linger on the M. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and, and that ohm thing too is there, I guess. Yeah, I hadn't thought about that. Um, but you, you say, you, you told me in a previous conversation, this idea that you used to look up words and you used to have a dictionary. Well, and my sister used to accuse me of reading the dictionary. <laughs> I don't know if I... <laughs> I don't know whether I actually did. There's nothing wrong with that. I, I did, I do, I did always like, and I do now, but except it's not, a, it's not a paper dictionary, is it? Now I use, I use the dictionary on the, on my computer or phone and phone a lot. Just mm. looking up words, you know, mm. if there's a word, I don't know what it means. I'll look it up. I, I never remember. I've got a terrible memory, but um yeah, and then there are words that I look up because I, I find them really interesting words and you you kind of want to know what they mean. And I use a, I look up, I use a thesaurus a lot because I like kind of exploring what a word means, you know, what a word means in a wider sense, I suppose. Um, yeah. Yeah. And there's synonyms and all that kind of thing yeah, as well, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was wondering about the origins of home. I think perhaps when I was thinking about a title for this project, mm. I didn't want to just call it home. So I was sort of look, trying to, and I think I did look at yes. And I called this homing, but with an E, H-O-M-E hyphen I-N-G. 
because I felt it was about the idea of me returning home, you know, like homing pigeons, but I wanted, I kept the E in there because I wanted to differentiate the sort of single word and the costume. Um, and actually, if you, if you, if you write it out, so it's capital H-O-M-E, and then it's a hyphen, then it's a small lowercase I-N-G, it almost looks like a kind of, the costume, it almost looks like a cart because the, the um, tail of the G, you could read as a wheel. Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah, that's When the hyphen right. is a kind of trailer, you know, the ING is like a trailer being pulled along by the... Yeah, again, you're making an image, which is great. One reference, anyway, says that, which I really, really like, I think you might like, is this idea of the English word home uh, actually referring to a village or a state, a state where many souls are gathered. And mm -hmm. it implies... Yeah. A, a physical dwelling is involved but the main idea is that it's a gathering of people yeah just so gorgeous and that's I mean that's exactly what you're embodying by this journey yeah absolutely that's brilliant Emma thanks for that yeah no really <laughs> it is but it is isn't it you're a home you know a home is really the people isn't it I mean that's mm. you know I say that from the luxury of living with my partner and well I have you know my two daughters both of whom aren't living here anymore at the moment but you know through lockdown you know early on the first lockdown one of my daughters was here she's a real traveler um and it was abroad but managed to get the last flight back from um armenia where she was mm. um and you know we had three months the three of us in lockdown and actually the you know what what a treat that was in a way mm. um, for all its difficulties and how lucky I am to have the people gathered, you know, as you say, home, you, you know, home is the people. And that's, you know, when I've done my home walkabouts before, that's what a lot of people say that, that home is the people, their loved ones, you know. And so for those of us lucky enough to have that, mm. um, you know, that's, that's, that's really positive but yeah that whole idea on this trip of gathering people meeting people I don't know who I'm going to meet and I'm really excited about that um and that idea of gathering gathering people and gathering people's stories I suppose and gathering I don't know get it what you what I do get when I put this a costume on you know this costume oh. or the other you get you have a, a excuse to talk to people on the streets, you know, or out, out there, which, you know, when you're just, when it's just you, you know, especially in London, perhaps, mm. people don't really talk to each other, do they? I mean, I found Wakefield, that's partly why I enjoyed Wakefield so much. <laughs> people are so chatty and friendly and... Um, yes, everyone talks to everyone, yeah, I would say that. And it, yeah, and it's a bit of a cliche to say that London isn't like yeah, that's, that. But that's it, 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 you know, to a degree, it isn't like that because there are so many people here and there are so many people doing odd things mm. that, you know, um, <laughs> I have to wear a really huge, big yellow letter costume in order to be able to go and talk to people on the street. <laughs> <laughs> There's no other way of doing it. Um, so That's yeah, brilliant. I'm really excited about that element of the journey mm. of meeting meeting people, connections that I'll make, and the kind of you know you get attacked. I get attacked like people I talk to in Wakefield, for instance. You know, I feel really attached to those people. It's it's touching. It's it's such a sort of it's such a touching thing to be able to talk to 
people you don't know, you know. But then I'm also like, this probably says a lot about me, but I'm also thinking, my God, you've got to talk for five weeks. Like, I know. (laughs) Well, you, you, yeah, yeah. I am daunted by that. I I really am daunted by that. Um, I'm not, I'm I'm not, you know, as I say, I think as I get to more and more rural places, it'll be less intense, the talking to, to, to the public. But I will, as I'm being accompanied every day by friends, there will be a lot of talking going on, which will be great, but also will be exhausting, I think. And I think I may, there may be times when I just say, look, we're not talking today or we're not talking for the next two hours or, you know, I need space. I mean, I'm, you know, most people have times in the day when they have their own space and they're in their own space. And, you know, I will need bits of time like that, I think. Um, Mm. Yeah, of course, space to switch off and space to switch off. And walking is very good for that, actually. Yeah, it is good for that, yeah. Well, just maybe switch on. It's a funny thing because your brain does weird things if you walk for a long time, I find. Yeah. Well, yeah, you tune in to... I'm so looking forward to just being out there walking. Even though I've got this big cumbersome thing I'm taking with me, I'm actually just going to be walking for nearly five weeks and being outdoors, you know, I'm camping almost all the time. Mm. You know, just being outdoors for that sort of length of time is going to be quite incredible. I've never, you know, I'm, I'm really looking forward to that and I'm looking forward to shaking off sort of a lot of habitual kind of things like the tea I drink in the morning or the, you know, <laughs> all those little habits we have. Do you think you're going to shake them I off? I don't though? know. And, <laughs> I don't know. But some of them I will, won't I? You know, yeah. I'll have to be, you know, I want, you know, I need to take as little stuff with me as possible because I don't want to, I want to carry as little as possible. Mm. And, um, you know, I'll have to let things go. You know, yeah, I'll have to let things go and be open, completely open to new things really and whatever happens happens and yeah so I am I'm quite I'm looking forward to that I'm looking forward to to a to a degree sort of being put out of my well literally being put out of my box you know out of my home <laughs> yeah I'll take a few tea bags with me but, <laughs> I was about know. to say I feel like desert island dish but I was about to say what luxury are you taking oh, right. <laughs> um, no was- what is there anything you're, you know, that you have to take a talisman or a, or a tea bag or like, you know, what is your your must no, have I thing? Don't, well, not no, not a talisman really. No, I'm not. I don't carry trinkets like that. I don't know no. what what. I'll, no, I don't know. I've got, you know, I've bought myself hopefully a really comfortable but light lightweight ish sleeping mat, which is important. Going to be important. Um, the sleeping business is going to be important (laughs) Uh, yeah it's all that yeah thing of I don't know not having you know salad I eat salad every day (laughs) (laughs) so you know when you're sort of camping and on the road salads are harder aren't they to so if anyone sees you out and about and wants to bring you some lettuce that would be appreciated But you are having pit stops. It's probably worth saying, or just mentioning yeah. some of the, the galleries that are kind of affiliated with the project or, a big, or uh, stops yeah. along the way, and also the Feminist Library. Yeah. So the, stop it. Yeah, so I've got five sort of art spaces that I'm linked to. So the Feminist Library, actually, it, I'm, I'm sort of going to camp out for an afternoon there 
um, on the 19th of June, just before I leave. And um, because I've been working with them quite a bit, I've, been on, I've become part of the, their curatorial group um, oh. and got quite involved. Although actually most of the, because they moved to Peckham fairly recently, but they've actually, most of the time they've been here, they've been closed because of COVID. So I haven't spent much time there. And they are going to be and are curating a show in Helsinki um, in September, which my costume is going to be part of. So at the end of the walk, I've then got to sort of pack it up and the mo it's going to be put in the mobile library van and driven to Helsinki, hopefully. Friday the 2nd of July, I'll be at... Uh, Ovada in Oxford, which is yeah. the um, Oxford Visual Arts Development Agency, who have a sort of warehouse space. And I'm going to be there, just me setting up camp really for the afternoon and talking to any visitors that come by about home. And then I'm spending a day with About Face Theatre Company in Lempster in Herefordshire. About Face Theatre Company are a small theatre company um, with people with um, learning disabilities and they're a really long established company who do great sort of work and they work a lot with puppets and things mm. um, so I'm gonna just spend a day there with them um, talking about home with them but also seeing what they're up to and I don't know we haven't quite planned it all yet but yeah I have done in when I used to live back in Wales I've work with them before so it'll be really nice to sort of revisit them again and then on the 20 saturday the 24th of july i'm going to be at the sydney nolan trust um mm. which is in prestine a town called prestine which is right on the border um and prestine's where i went to school and the ah. sydney, yeah sydney nolan well sydney nolan you know was australian painter i'm sure yeah. you know yeah. Uh, the trust is the place where he ho it was his home. He moved there and lived there in his last years, and it's a really beautiful place. And they, it's an art space, and they have residencies going on there and things like that. Oh wow! And they're hosting me for the day, and that will be fun because I know a lot of people there. So it'll be a bit of a party, I think, that afternoon. Um, yeah, and you'll be nearing the endish. Yeah, well, it's the day then, the day before the last literally the last walk on the 25th of July from, from the Sydney Nolan Trust to my pe parents' home at Harpton near New Radnor, which is where I grew up, really. Um, yeah, so it, it, it's great. It all feels great and it feels really nice. I mean, that, for me, those days will also be days off walking, um, mm. but there'll be a lot of talking going on on there. A lot, a lot of sitting down. <laughs> and also, drinking cups of tea and yeah, perfect people i hope yeah <laughs> yeah so yeah so it's quite a sort of full-on trip really a lot to, amazing and and throughout the whole of it i'll be filming and recording um you know the journey and the conversations and yeah whatever happens really and do you know how many miles it is? That was my other question again. I think it's nearly spot. 200 miles. So I have, I've okay. been, yeah, I've been mapping the routes and my days, sort of the walking, the longest day is 12 miles, which will be hard work. And, and the, but then I have one day, which is like four miles or something. So that'll be mm. an easy day. So they'll vary a lot. 
and the yeah. terrain will vary a lot. And then you'll come home with all this amazing footage. So it's not like the project ends either, because I was thinking this huge pilgrimage is Odyssey. You then land at home with your parents, then you know you're, yeah. and then that that might feel really like um, I don't know, sort of sad and also wonderful. And but actually, you'll have all this material, all this information, and all this uh, recorded stuff to work with. So then yeah. it's like the beginning of the next bit of the project, the last the last phase, like you said at the beginning, chapter yeah, three. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, the hope was that I'm doing that, as I say, in collaboration with George and Isaac Bagley, who are mm. brothers who live in Sheffield. And I, I mean, I started working with them when I went to Wakefield because I needed filmmakers and someone put me in touch with them because they live up near there. And, um, oh, great. But they're great. They work very closely together and they're they're going to be doing the editing very much it feels like a collaboration with them and we the hope was to get a film made in time to go to Helsinki with the costume but um I feel like the film as the projects developed you know depending obviously on what 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 the footage ends up looking like I feel like the film might need to be a bigger thing than I originally kind of imagined it you know yeah therefore it might need more time and work on it and I feel like the film you know might take on its own its own life and become a bit something else so I sort of want to be open about you know what how long we give that really that's exciting though exciting to think about that you know coming home to that (laughs) home home yeah yeah I want to I have to end so I always end by asking two questions um and I, I yeah I'm interested to know, to know whether it's what I imagine it might be the answer to this one, but can you suggest anything that's been helpful to you during the last year and a bit now? Well, I, well, being an artist, I think. <laughs> you know, that, really, that first lockdown, particularly, um, I, I just, you know, I, I just spent a lot of time in my studio. I did, I got into doing these picture weaving where I was, you know, I've had quite a lot of old art magazines and things, and I started cutting up, matching up sort of images um, out of the magazines and cut it, slicing them up and weaving them together. Um, I think that whole process of sort of sitting and we- very sort of quite carefully weaving these strips, thin strips of paper um, felt like quite a sort of relevant somehow to the lockdown or or like a kind of therapeutic sort of process to be involved with a bit but that whole sort of realization or feeling very lucky lucky apart from having a nice home and a garden Mm. um, you know having as I said before my bit some of my family with me and that we fact that we all got on quite well um, (laughs) but yeah of being an artist and actually how lucky to be an artist in that situation and therefore really having something that I just wanted to get, you know, I felt like it was a privilege actually in a way just to be given all that time when there wasn't all the rest of life or having to go out and work to try and earn a bit more money or, you know, all this sort of social stuff that actually it was quite a privilege to have that time to just sort of absorb get really absorbed into sort of studio work you know and I'm someone you know I work I'm someone as well who you know I get distracted quite easily um and I'm not I don't see myself as being particularly good at sort of shutting myself away in my studio and focusing for long periods of time on things and so in a way though that the restriction of that of the lockdown 
was quite good for me I think you know yeah, perhaps yeah. taught me a bit about doing that and you know appreciating that really yeah. I like that time to, to absorb and get absorbed is really nice yeah um, and then the last question is have you learned something about yourself and I should probably ask that again after the walking <laughs> yeah I, yeah that will teach me things <laughs> I hope perhaps it won't perhaps I'm more done and I can't but um yeah, have I learned anything about myself? Um, well, I suppose that thing of me, the distract, as I say, being distracted. And then with this homing project, how well I, which is perhaps something I think I, I thought, I think I probably knew already, but how well I work with a project, you know. Mm. Um, if I've got, a, this has been so, such a sort of comprehensive project that I've really got, got my teeth into and I suppose I really sort of work I kind of need to have an idea almost and then kind of make it happen so already with this homing project already I've sort of got I think I've got kind of glimmers of something I might do next you know if this yeah works, brilliant if this, if this is successful you know I like the whole thing of organizing and create you know around a sort of creative thing and and involving other people actually I think what this doing this project has made me realize is how many people I've had to get involved with it you know whether they're my walking companions whether they're the art spaces that I'm stopping off at whether they're people my parents have got involved with trying to you know map route they're doing sort of walks at the other end to try and suss out good tracks that I might be able to walk down or whatever um <laughs> and it's made me think yeah why do I need to get so many people involved you know and is it a kind of neediness you know yeah. that I can't do something on my own <laughs> I need the support of so many people or is it just that it's you know we haven't been able to see people for so long and and the idea of doing a project where which involves loads of my friends having to come and walk with me a couple of days you know um yeah I don't I'm not quite sure really I can't that but that's something I've sort of realized about myself but I'm not I haven't quite understood it really mm. why I, why I need to sort of drag so many people along with me as I'm dragging my home along the way you described it feels also like the gathering of people which shows really lovely so um, well, yeah. good luck. Good luck for the 22nd of June when it all begins. And thank you very much for giving us time at a point when you're so busy with the planning. And, and uh, we're looking forward to the Instagram updates. Yeah, well, thanks, Emma. Good to talk to you. And yeah, yeah. thank you. Thank you. So, Harriet Hill will set off walking from London on the 22nd of June arriving at her childhood home in Wales on the 25th of July, 2021. To find out more about this project or to meet Harriet along the way, you can access her route at www.harriethill.co.uk forward slash homeing or follow her on Instagram, which is simply her name, Harriet Hill. We will speak again after her walk and we may add some of that conversation to this episode. So watch this space and good luck, Harriet.